Welcome to 10 Things I Hate About Me, a podcast where we are quite literally making a list of all the things we don't like about ourselves. I'm so excited to introduce today's guest. She's a musician. She's very funny. You know her from her own band, Long Neck. You know her from other bands she's played in, such as Adult Mom and Jawbreaker Reunion. You might even know her from her podcast, The Gospel Bluth where she deep dives into movies created by America's greatest animator, Don Bluth. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast, the one and only Lily Mastrodemus. Hi, Lily. Oh, hey, Sam. <laughs> How's it going? Did you love that intro? <laughs> that was the kindest intro I think I've ever received um, <laughs> of America's sweetheart, Don Bluth. Yeah, what a guy. Yeah, had had to include him. Um, but yeah, you you deserve uh, an intro as illustrious as this. Thank you very much. <laughs> All right, so we are going to just jump right in to our first segment, Roses and Thorns. Rose is the best or most rewarding thing that happened to you this week. Thorn is the worst or most challenging thing that happened to you this week. I'll share mine first. My rose... Last week, our guest, Liam Paris, he said uh, that his rose was friendship. And honestly, I think my rose this week is friendship. (laughs) That's a great rose. It's a really nice rose to have. Um, Like last week, my friend Maddie, who's been on the podcast before, it was her birthday. It was her 30th birthday. Um, So I got to spend a lot of time with her to celebrate that. And then like earlier this week, I... um, Okay, now I'm blinking on everything I've done. (laughs) I've spent a lot of time with my friends this week. Just trust me. Just trust me. I I trust you. I would never doubt you as someone who has friends. I have friends, everybody. I promise. I'm not pretending. They're real. (laughs) They're real and I see them often. Yeah. Um, And then my thorn this week. This is going to sound a little bit scary to some people, I think, but it's not serious. I have shingles. (laughs) no gasp yeah um yeah I had this like little rash on my back last week and I was like what is that because I've never had something like that before so I went on ZocDoc and like just looked for like the nearest like dermatologist appointment I could get Mm -hmm. um because I was nervous that it was like a, a infection or something I was scared yeah and then like I went and I talked to the doctor and she was like this looks like shingles and I was like, what? What? <laughs> Sam. I had no idea what that is. I thought I, – I was really nervous. I was like, um, I've been hanging out with people. I've been sharing food and drinks with people. Like, what's the deal? Oh, but she man. explained that it's, like, not contagious unless somebody, like, touches it. <laughs> um <laughs> And, like, mine is really, like, a mild case. Like, I looked – like, I looked at pictures online, and then I look at mine, and I'm like, oh, I'm fine. Yeah. Like, I didn't even know that I was sick. So I have the the best case of shingles ever, <laughs> I guess. Well, I guess that's, like, kind of a rose, too. Like, I have shingles. Yeah. But it's, like, a really good case of shingles. Yeah, it's shingles light. <laughs> um. Oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. Oh, thanks. All things considered, uh, I'm happy it went this way. And it's really funny because, like, the the doctor was like, if you're, like, a healthy young person, it usually happens because of stress. Have you been having a lot of stress lately? And I was like, yes. (laughs) So I was like, oh, turns out stress on the body is real. What isn't caused by (laughs) stress on the body at this point? Like, every, like, possible illness, I think, can be – I mean, obviously, I'm not a doctor, and that's not – 
scientifically true, but like <laughs> so much, so many like illnesses can be just made worse by stress. And I wish no one felt stressed. Yeah. I'm an ally. You're an ally <laughs> to, to stressed folks everywhere. <laughs> yeah. So that's, that's my thing to deal with this week. I need to de-stress. <laughs> Lily, what is your rose this week? So I guess the one rose that I had this week was, um, it was Teacher Appreciation Week, and Ooh. or day, or maybe it's next week. I don't know, but my classroom parents thought it was this week, so they gave um, my head teachers and I money. So that was nice, beautiful, that was really nice. Love that they should give me all the money they have. What um, um what like grade or age do you work with? I work with um first and second grade they're all in one class they're no (laughs) (laughs) I work at a very fancy private school gotcha yeah um the kids are fun the kids are (laughs) wink (laughs) interesting I know I'm trying to be careful because a, a parent um told me a few weeks ago that like she googled me and found all of my music projects and was like you're great and I was like I don't want you to know that but thank you um I feel like when you're an artist with a day job being googled is like your worst nightmare yeah oh yeah and I have such a unique last name like yeah my sister and I just figured out that we are the only Lily and Ruby Mastrodemuses on planet Earth. That's special. It's like, it's not hard to find us. Yeah. So you can Google me and you will get all of my stuff, but like, don't Google me. Please don't. (laughs) Just give me money. Um, (laughs) Money is a good rose. And then a thorn, similar to um, medical stuff, like the last few (laughs) weeks. I had I had to get a root canal and it no. um got like I got a really terrible infection in my oh. face and it like explode like my face swelled up to the size of a softball. Oh my god. I went to urgent care. And you know, I have insurance through my job, but it's very <laughs> shitty insurance. Yeah. But yeah, I was like urgent care, they'll take care of that like my insurance like that's nothing. That's one little visit and then I was checking my benefits yesterday and found that I still somehow owe this place money. <laughs> it's like, how? Mm. How? So I've, and it's just, it's fun to like drop a lot of money on medical stuff um, when you think you have insurance and you, I guess, really don't. <laughs> yeah, that is like such a big anxiety of mine. Like, oh, I'm going in for this like procedure that is supposed to make me feel better, but then it just like gets worse and then. Oh, that scares me. I'm sorry that you had to deal with that. I'm I'm sorry that we're both that we're both dealing with medical stuff. The body is a prison and insurance in America is a scam. I always say that having health insurance is like it's like there's a sandwich and you want it but you can't have it and then when mm-hmm. you have insurance, you can have the sandwich, but then it's like also the sandwich has been like dropped on the floor and run over by a horse. Yep. And also it's $300 but here's your sandwich yeah it, it's $300 um but it was like $350 so you got like a little you got a little tiny discount 
So you should be grateful that you don't have to pay the extra 50 bucks. <laughs> just like spiraling over that. And then the next day I was like, you know what? <laughs> Everyone dies and nothing matters. So <laughs> I'll be fine. We'll be Cause, fine. Because I'm healthy and normal and feeling good. I'm healthy. I'm normal. I'm feeling good. That's going to be my affirmation for this week. <laughs> I'm healthy, I'm normal, I'm good, I have health insurance, and I am lucky and grateful for that. Got it all. <laughs> Perfect. All right, Lily, it's time for the big question. What is one thing you don't like about yourself? I'm going to start light because I know we have a ways to go. <laughs> one thing that I hate about myself is that I don't know how to pose in pictures. Ooh. Anytime I get in front of a camera, I panic just straight up deer in headlights like I do one face my arms go like stiff yeah I don't know what to do yeah I I sympathize <laughs> I feel the same way and it's like it, it's hard enough to just have your face photographed even mm -hmm. but like when you throw the whole body in there it's just like oh my god when does it stop what exactly like I don't want to look at all that like sometimes I want to show it off but I don't know what to do with it I don't want to look at all that I don't want to yeah. I don't want to look at the fact that like one of my eyes is bigger than the other I don't want to look at the way yeah. that my smile looks like the joker I don't want to look at my like weird stubby hands <laughs> I I've got like one good side I've got one good side because mm -hmm. I guess like some of my teeth never came in when I was growing up. So I've got like a bunch of gaps and my jaw is crooked. So I can only like smile so much. Um, and I have to make sure that I've got the right angle because otherwise it's like I'm, I'm setting it on fire. I'm setting the picture on fire. I'm never <laughs> like I'm deleting it. Yeah. Yeah. Do you ever see a picture of yourself where you're like, you're very clearly having so much fun, but you look crazy? <laughs> yes, that's that's most most pictures I'm in. I look like that. Um, most pictures that are taken of like me at parties where I'm clearly having fun. Um, I'm always it's always like catching the bad side, so to speak. <laughs> I'm like. Fuck. Yeah, I feel like somebody will take a picture of me while I'm like laughing or something. And in my head, I'll be like, I probably look like the woman laughing with a salad, just like so cute, so funny, so carefree. And then I see the photo and I'm like, I look like I'm screaming on a roller coaster. <laughs> <laughs> I, I aim to be as like carefree and gorgeous as a woman laughing alone eating a salad. But I can't. I can't be that. I was looking through like some promo photos to send stuff to promoters for mm -hmm. some upcoming gigs. And I was looking at these and I was like, I'm making the same face. I look miserable. Aww. And I, you know, I love these pictures, but I, you know, you get so like hypercritical of like, yeah, how you look. And it's cause like, you know, I, I'm just, I don't know what to do. The only time I feel like I ever really like a picture of myself is if it's taken like during a performance yeah and I'm like exerting like energy and like power and I'm clearly having fun and as crazy as I can look in those you will inevitably look crazy in a performance picture <laughs> it's it's forgivable because you're like on stage you're playing music which is inherently crazy yeah you're in the moment yeah you're in the moment so I'm like way more forgiving for performance photos but 
just me chilling with the chilling with the buds it's just (laughs) yeah going back to like the onstage picture thing i was going down memory lane right before we started and i was looking at pictures from a show that you and i played together like four years ago oh my gosh i remember that show it was so much fun it was adult mom bad moves long neck and then my band Mm-hmm. at Philomoka. That was a great show. That was the last so much great fun. show that our band ever played. <laughs> and I was looking at one of the pictures from that show. You could see like me and two of my other bandmates and all of our guitars were like pointing in the same like direction and it just looked so cool and I was like, "Oh, I don't know. It made me like nostalgic." Yeah. That's the good thing about a photo sometimes. Photos can be good. <laughs> I I guess. Yeah. If we're lucky. <laughs> No, I I mean, and I I feel like so grateful to have like documentation and evidence of like fun shows because yeah, when you are like in that moment of oh man, I I like I miss that show like I, that Philomoka show like I think about fairly often because it was so much fun. Oh, that makes me happy. It was great, and like shows like that where you just you have like such a fond memory of that night. Like those pictures are like distilled happiness. Uh, you can just like access at any point yeah. and I guess it's true for like most fun times but I don't know it's it feels it feels like a little bit different with performance um mm-hmm. based pictures because just like you're coming out of it like oh shit I did that or like oh fuck like that was very cool that that happened do you ever have to do like photo shoots and stuff I guess for like promo promo photos yeah so the, like the last one I did it was my friend Sean Madden who's a wonderful photographer and he took some promo shots of me last year I am so happy with how those pictures came came out and I like loved how I looked and I was so excited and he he like chose a great location and yeah those are like a lot of those pictures I get so like hypercritical of myself because those are the ones I'm looking at like Mm -hmm. ah man Um, and they were like the first solo promo shots that I've taken as long neck like We've taken band pictures before, mm-hmm. and those are always cute because you're playing with each other's energy, yeah. you're with your best friends, but the solo ones, it's just like, there's no one else for anyone to look at. Yeah, it's like, okay, I guess I'm a model now. <laughs> I'm the last person, like, my go-to poses are, like, a thumbs up. Oh, my God. Or, like, the peace sign. <laughs> yeah. Or, like... Or, yep, or the peace sign, or like every now and then I'll throw like the poly walnuts hand. Um, but like, I can't like, I, you know, what what the fuck am I doing with my arms? How do I uh-huh. move my shoulders? What angles do I have to make? I don't know that. What do you expect of me? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I sometimes I fall into like a TikTok algorithm that is like, how to pose for pictures and I'll look at it and be like okay Sam you have to remember this for the next time that you're in front of a camera and then I'll be like Sam you need to stop yeah I I I think about the one that's like your model face and it's like smile yes drop your smile and then look serious and it's like that's your model face it's like I just have crazy eyes I have crazy eyes when I do that one too yeah to be perceived is terrifying yeah One of my favorite tips for posing is if you don't know what to do with your hands, this is going to be a little bit creepy, but pretend that you're just touching like a little baby's face, like and make your hands really soft. Like, like this? 
This is good. This is good for a, for an, for an audio medium. <laughs> we're 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 both just pointing, like pointing into the air, being like, "It's a baby." <laughs> you know, you guys know when you see a baby, and you're just like, "That's, That's a, a baby." baby. <laughs> All right. Okay. This is going to be my last question about the the photo thing, mm-hmm. but I think it's important. Whenever I see photos of myself, I feel like I look like a bird. Do you ever think that you look like a certain animal? And if so, what animal is it? (laughs) You know, I never think I look like an animal, which honestly is really upsetting to me (laughs) because I famously love animals. Um, You do, you do. (laughs) Famously, yeah. I feel like I just look like somebody who's trying really hard to look like a human being (laughs) just like really trying to put like put my all into it um like aliens first day on earth vibes (laughs) truly (laughs) i'm one of you (laughs) look how straight my back is don't i look like a normal person (laughs) yeah i i feel like somebody (laughs) somebody who clearly like didn't grow up hot and is now trying to like be comfortable with being hot (laughs) is how I feel yeah I know like my go-to is the kind of jokey hand signs or yeah that's a deflection you know it's like well she's she's silly maybe she's cute but we can't see because she's silly yeah classic didn't grow up hot so now I have to be funny vibes (laughs) (laughs) fuck that's exactly it god damn it you nailed it yeah (laughs) (laughs) but you know it makes us stronger it makes us funnier it makes us cooler so yeah and we're still hot so and we're still hot it was there all along we just had to we just had to believe in our no that sounds mean I was gonna say we just have to believe in our personality so I was like that's not cool I don't know if that's entirely correct Um, I was gonna say and we have to take our glasses off like in the movies (laughs) and go to prom with the hot guy and then it's like okay now we're hot yeah like now finally everyone can see um I'm out I'm out on the town with Terrence from the lacrosse team and and kiss me by sixpence none the richer is playing in the background (laughs) Oh, yeah, there's, like, my high school bully with an Abercrombie and Fitch bag. Like, oh, they see me now. I'm actually popular. Um, God. Love to have a full-on high school fantasy on the podcast. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Okay, I'm glad that we brought it there, to be honest. Mm. (laughs) I'm going to say it's time for our second segment. Let's unpack that. I have a series of questions for you, and you give me short answers, and if I want you to expand on it, I'll say, let's unpack that, and we will talk about it a little bit more. Cool. So the first question is, what is your hometown, and what's one thing you don't like about it? My hometown is Hoboken, New Jersey. I'd say one thing that I don't like about it now is that it's completely unrecognizable. Um, mm-hmm. like in the past like 20 years it's just become like increasingly gentrified and like you see a ton of like condos and mm-hmm. like apartment complexes come up that are like just kind of micro neighborhoods uh, yeah. within themselves so the people who live there are just like living in a bubble um, yeah it used to be such a working class artsy 
city. Like Maxwell's was there, the most famous North Jersey venue that had like everybody, like Mm -hmm. Yola Tango played there often. Nirvana played there once. Like so many great bands have come through Maxwell's and then they had to like shut down because like rents are too high. So like I used to be very proud of being from Hoboken and now Mm -hmm. whenever I tell somebody I'm from Hoboken they're like oh so like where are you originally from and I'm like no I'm from here and I remember when it was a shithole (laughs) so Uh (laughs) yeah uh okay what's one word that describes what you were like in college I've been waiting for this (laughs) question um (laughs) uh yeah I would say I was kind of lost in -hmm. college I haven't heard an answer like this. I think I was lost and just didn't know it. Yeah, yeah. And that's the thing. Like, I definitely didn't realize it until I was out of there, like, out of the bubble that is Bard. Mm -hmm. Bard is a bubble. It's upstate. It's in the middle of nowhere. Like, I don't think I noticed that I was, like, like, missing out on who I was until I left. Yeah. Next question. (laughs) If there was a zombie apocalypse, what would be your fatal flaw? Okay, here's what I think. I am somebody who really prides myself on my, like, natural ID skills when it comes to, like, birds and animals and prints. Uh I'm not too great with, like, plant ID. So... I feel like I think you're you're getting what I'm like starting to I think yeah. I would be the one to be like oh these berries in the woods I think they I think they're okay and then we eat the berries and everyone dies um sad <laughs> yeah I think I would be brought onto a group onto like a, a survival team because I have like these ID skills and then I would just accidentally kill everybody <laughs> Wow, that really is. I think that might be the definition of a fatal flaw. (laughs) Ooh, sorry. Sorry, Sorry, guys. (laughs) I really really tried. You can't blame me for trying. (laughs) All right. What is your weirdest hidden talent? I haven't done it in a very long time, so it is technically hidden. And I like to imagine that I can still do it because I did it for so long, but I can breathe fire. Excuse me? Okay, I'm going to (laughs) say let's unpack that one. Please elaborate. (laughs) So Bard College had a circus. It was the Surrealist Training Circus. I have no idea if it's still active because most of the folks who ran it graduated. But yeah, no, it was a club. It got funding and everything. And I was somebody who was like, yeah, this circus I'm into like Gogol Bordello and like circus punk Uh and like a lot of weird bands with accordion and brass like let's do circus (laughs) so I did um and yeah from like my freshman year to my senior year I did fire arts how long did it take you to learn how to breathe fire not very long. It's like three, because you have to learn how to breathe first. It's a very mm-hmm. specific way you have to spit. Like you have to make a very fine mist with the oil. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you practice like the actual like spitting of the material first. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you can move on to 
actually fire breathing. So I learned it, I think, within the first month that I was at Bard. Oh, my God. Yeah. And then I just kept doing it. So I got really good at, like, making these huge plumes. College is crazy. You can, you're away from home for the first time. You're experimenting with alcohol. You're learning how to breathe fire. <laughs> Literally got so much done the first, like, three months of, <laughs> of my freshman year. Had my first drink. Breathed fire. That was it. <laughs> I, I'm so scared of fire. Like last night I went to dinner with some friends and we were like sitting outside and they had those like those big torches that are mm-hmm. like they light them on the fire to make it warm on the patio. And oh, I, yeah, yeah. I would like look up at the thing and just look at the flame and be like, I'm so scared, even though it is like very contained and like obviously like relatively, relatively safe. I don't know. Fire freaking yeah. out. <laughs> you know, I will say like. I used to be very afraid of fire. I was like the kid who played with matches when I was four and then burned herself. (laughs) Oh, yeah. It really put me off of fire for a long time, if Mm -hmm. you could believe that. (laughs) Yeah, like did learn a lot of fire safety from from this. So You did immersion therapy. I I guess I did. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Okay. Um, All right, Lily. I have some more questions for you. My first question for you is... How did you get your start as a musician? I am very lucky. My dad's a musician and our family business is like a guitar shop. Ooh! So yeah, shout out uh, Guitar Bar in Hoboken, New Jersey. Nice. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I like it was something that like my sister and I grew up around. So when I was like 10, I got my first proper guitar and also like joined my first band when I was in 10. We were called the Speeding Mustangs. Oh, vroom, vroom. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I was obsessed with horses. I was a horse girl with a band. So, Oh, Mustangs <laughs> like horses. Okay, got it. Not vroom, vroom, nay. <laughs> nay, nay, yeah. <laughs> nay, nay. Um, <laughs> so I was in bands like throughout elementary, middle school, high school, and then college. One thing that I kind of regret from when I first started playing was that like like I didn't know of any other like girls in town who played music um, or like who played guitar or played bass or drums up until like college um, I was only in bands with like other guys Mm -hmm. so I was always like the girl in the band Uh uh-huh yeah, I was like the girl in the band. I was one of the boys. I wasn't like a no- I wasn't yeah. like a normal girl. I was a cool girl. Um so there was like a lot of like internalized misogyny that I ended up like mm-hmm. kind of developing and you know, it like it's not an era that I am particularly proud of. Mm-hmm. Like I am grateful that I got to learn how to be in bands and learn how to play music and got to practice writing songs and playing with like a group um but I wish that I didn't see it as like I'm doing this because like the boys think I'm cool and no other girl is doing it yeah yeah do you know like how you were able to like unlearn the internalized misogyny I think as I got older and I started to like listen to music that wasn't classic rock or classic punk and Uh And then going to college and getting involved with Jawbreaker Reunion, like, I think that whole, like, process led to eventually being, like, 
fuck all that. Like, obviously, I wish it. I wish it all happened sooner. Mm-hmm. When you're like ten through thirteen, you're like, yeah, like this is it. And then you get older and it like starts to get a little smaller, but it's always like a little pea in the back of your brain, mm-hmm. a little pea-sized nug in the back of your brain. Um, so I, yeah, I think it took like, yeah, high school through like starting Job Breaker Reunion and like playing with folks who weren't men and who weren't like cis hetero yeah. men for the first time in, at that point, my like 10 years of being a musician, um, for me to finally be like, yeah, fuck yeah. And also like being around other, not just like my bandmates in Job Breaker Reunion, but just like being at a school where there were a lot of like incredibly talented artists who weren't like cishet men and like played a ton of shows, like being surround surrounded by that and in that environment, you kind of catch your brain like, making these comments and then being like wait no fuck that yeah your answer really reminded me of like how my own journey with music went because like for a long time like I really wanted to do music but I was like the only way that I would be able to do that is like if I can sing like Haley Williams or if I can like play guitar and be like really technically proficient and be like amazing Mm -hmm. at what I do and it really wasn't until I like found like a certain like pocket of music in like 2015 and like adult mom was in that pocket jawbreaker reunion was in that pocket i saw you guys play at babies uh in like 2015 when i lived in new york like very briefly oh my goodness and like all dogs that record came out that year and stuff like that and i was like really big into waxahachie and that was what made me realize I don't have to put all of that pressure on myself to be like amazing, to be taken seriously. Like I can just have fun, write a good song, jam with my friends. Yeah. Like, and then I learned how to play guitar just by playing Waxahachie songs, which most of them are like a very small number of chords and they're still yeah. amazing songs. So exactly. F everybody. <laughs> yeah. Truly fuck everybody. Like, <laughs> and it like, it's so, it was so like empowering to, see that like wave all of these like incredible artists who weren't like a bunch of thin white indie boys from Brooklyn who played with chorus pedals a lot you know Mm -hmm. I wish I had grown up seeing more women and seeing more like femmes like play music and Mm -hmm. like I wish I had learned from them I learned from a lot of men and I think that kind of like planted that seed of well, only men are really good guitar players, so mm-hmm. I'm a novelty. And then when you get older yeah. and you realize you're not a novelty and it's not like a bad thing, it's like actually a really incredibly like powerful thing. Especially because like, yeah, the music industry is so already like sexist and racist and transphobic and uh-huh. all of it. And it's it's nice to like have community where people can like realize that and work towards making that not true Mm -hmm. um I feel like I'm rambling a lot I'm sorry I'm like (laughs) no you're so fine I I was like as you're talking I'm thinking to myself and I'm like it's like you have to sound a certain way you have to play a certain way you have to look a certain way yeah I'm I'm happy that I started learning at a time where I could look around and see that that wasn't 
the total truth. 100%. Yeah. 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 Sorry, I did not intend for this to be like a, so what is it like to be a woman in music kind of thing? No, <laughs> I <laughs> One of my other questions for you, you have toured all over the place as a musician mm. and with like a lot of different bands. And I would really love to hear about like any sort of like special shows you've done or like tours you've played or like your favorite city you've ever played in stuff like that favorite places gosh um the places that feel most like special to long neck lore I would say are like New Hampshire where in New Hampshire I'm from there oh really yeah like uh Manchester and Dover I'm from very close to Dover yeah nice that's so cool oh my god yeah gosh. we love playing there everyone has always been very nice so I would say yeah like yeah like New Hampshire Vermont love Chicago really love Chicago had a really good time in New Orleans our favorite like tour story is from a place in a uh, northern California where we accidentally crashed like a swingers party oh yeah, that was that's fun. <laughs> Love that story. It was where we were staying after the show. Gotcha. Yeah, like the the person who like was letting us crash with them didn't tell their roommates that we were gonna mm, be there. Mm-hmm. So we just walked in and like everyone looked very shocked and started like whispering in hushed tones and <laughs> then when they went to bed we were like exploring this warehouse that they lived in and we found like chains and like a the swing and a bunch of naked polaroids and a bondage cross and like some cat of nine tails and everyone except me and our guitarist at the time kevin like picked up on what was going on and we were just like wow (laughs) this is so cool like they live so um so alternatively yeah anytime i see a swing my first thought is like fun like reading in a hammock exactly and we did go on the swing like me and our me and kevin went on the swing and everyone else was just like stayed on the couch and refused to touch anything (laughs) you know i think my mindset was like oh they must be circus people because (laughs) i was in the circus at bar i was like oh they're circus people like they light this whip on fire they light this whip on fire exactly (laughs) and then the next morning they broke the news that like no that was like a a sex party that was about (laughs) to happen that we just crashed um wow yeah and then special shout out to also uh i think my favorite show that we played in oakland in california at the Green Day venue at like 924 Gilman. The Green Day venue. The Green Day venue had the time of our lives. I was freaking out. I was like, we're here. We made it. Wow. Playing at the Green Day venue. That's so cool. You're going on tour soon, right? Yeah, like a, a tiny little tiny little tour. Uh-huh. Um Yeah, like I can't tour too much this summer. Mm-hmm. Um, because I'm moving to the UK at the very end of it. So is this a permanent move? I'm going to school there. So oh, I'm fun. so I'll I'll be there for at least a year. Um and then who knows. But yeah, like I can't do too much touring because touring costs a lot of money and there's really no yeah. sustainable way to do that. So yeah. I'm very lucky and I get to go out and play some shows um this 
uh, American Poetry Club and Trust Fund tour in June. And then I've got like a couple of other things that are like lined up. But uh, yeah, I, like I don't think I would I'll be doing something for like a week or two weeks straight. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, as much as I would like to. Yeah. What are you going to school for? I am going to school for wildlife conservation. <gasps> yeah, I'm moving moving to the city of Bristol and uh, going to the university there. And I'm very excited. That's awesome. It's been a long time coming. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. This actually does bring me to a question that I wrote down. And the question is just bats and birds, question mark. Great. From what I gather from social media, you are very into bats and birds. Correct. And I just wanted to sort of give you give you the stage <laughs> to talk about this if you would like to. <laughs> Any time I am that annoying girl at the bar who will talk about birds and bats to anyone. Yeah, no, they're wonderful. Love a thing with wings. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've been birding. I've been bird watching for almost as long as I've been a musician. They bring me joy. Bats are incredible. They're deeply fucked right now, so we need to work to mm-hmm. save them. So I'm hoping to actually like go into that discipline um, and do most of my like work in wildlife conservation with bats. And using disease ecology to work towards bat conservation is what I am most interested in. That's really cool. All right. Bringing it back to music real quick. Is there anything that you don't like about yourself as a musician? Like anything that you wish you were better at? Any habits that you have you don't like? Anything like that? I feel like anyone who says no to a question like this is lying to themselves. But <laughs> Or very confident. Or very confident, in which case, can I have a little taste of that? Thank very you. Very confident and like, I cannot think about it. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's probably more so it. Just like, I refuse to acknowledge it. I can't do it right now. (laughs) Um, How easy it is to like overthink a song. um, Mm -hmm. Like when you're writing it. Like I have so many unfinished songs. A lot of the time, like I don't finish them because I'm just like, this is dumb. Yeah. I'm just writing a song that's already been written. Yeah. Or if I'm working on chords, I'm just like, this is the same chord progression as like another song I wrote. I'm just like. I don't feel like I experiment enough and then I get really hard on myself and the imposter syndrome sinks in. The idea that like, oh, I should be better at this. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've been doing this for 20 years now. Like, yeah. I know I know how to write a song and I know how to play music, but I just feel like, ugh, like I'm just doing the same shit. I'm just getting stuck with it all. Like, uh-huh. what's even the point? What's even the point, Sam? And that's a very specifically bad feeling as an artist, just being like, everything has already been done before. Exactly. This is futile. And on the other hand, it could be the most freeing feeling because it's like, yeah, everyone's already done the same shit. Like, like our drummer, John, um, he would like say all the time, like every song's already been written. So just like write a song. And that's so true. (laughs) Every song (laughs) has already been written. People have been sad and like, sad and horny for soul for like millennia <laughs> for millennia that's a beautiful reframe i like that a lot is it's very helpful mostly helpful when you can remember it in the moment taking yourself out of the moment is very difficult yeah absolutely yeah all right i wrote down 
I hate that I'm hypercritical when writing songs. And this actually brings us to the, uh, we're reaching the end of the episode. Mm. We're reaching the end of the episode and we only have two things you hate about yourself. So what happens next is I'm going to bully you and pressure you into coming up with the remaining eight things. And once we reach 10 things, I'll do a dramatic reading of your list. Is this why, is this why you were like hitting your, like your knuckles together the whole episode to prepare for this bullying? (laughs) Yeah. Practicing being a bully. (laughs) Okay. Let's do it. Number three. I don't know how to take compliments. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have a really hard time accepting nice things that are being said to me or said about me. Like, I feel like I ha- you kind of have to put on a show. It's like, oh, like a really nice thing you said about me. Thank you so much. Like, yeah. <laughs> and I'm not somebody who, who, I don't know if you can tell I'm a big overthinker. Um, I'm not somebody who <laughs> is that something that you hate about yourself too I hate that I'm an overthinker yes yeah yeah Sam I hate that I'm an overthinker and I think most of the things that I hate about myself can stem from that um, yeah yeah overthinking is a- an affliction oh yeah and it's like incredibly debilitating yeah you know when someone says something nice about you in your head you're thinking like well if I respond this way then they'll (laughs) think that I'm then they'll think that I'm vain or they'll think that I'm like being rude or if I respond to it this way then maybe they'll think that I don't have any confidence in myself and they'll just walk you know it's a snake eating its own tail Mm -hmm. (laughs) one time someone that I really admire like said a very nice thing to me and my stomach just flipped and I like bent over and I was like that's really nice thank you (laughs) (laughs) I I felt like I had to make myself physically smaller in order to (laughs) accept it and that's that's not a great feeling yeah yeah Sam we could sit here all day and unpack that (laughs) (laughs) we could we could unpack that until the cows come home (laughs) let's do number five I hate that I can be like too cynical sometimes. Yeah. I I feel like I can just like get a real like darkness about me <laughs> and mm-hmm. just it it like pops up at different moments that I'm just like meh. It goes hand in hand <laughs> with the overthinking and also like the spiraling and then being like I can't think about it cuz it'll hurt. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. I I have found myself thinking that I am too cynical sometimes in a very specific way where it causes me to like not engage with things that are happening around me or like in the world to be like, this is too upsetting. I can't think about it. And like stuff is just always going to be like this. So why bother, you know, and so on and so on. Yeah. 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 And I think too, like I'm somebody who will be like very cynical for the sake of being like humorous. I think there are times where Uh I'm using cynicism to like make a mood lighter like try to make a joke and it's just like it doesn't land (laughs) and it's like (laughs) and you know I I remember like I was especially when you're like meeting somebody for the first time and Mm -hmm. it's just like oh now they think I'm an asshole um because I made I made a cynical little joke about something and now I'm gonna think about it for the rest of my life because they were like confused by what I said uh-huh. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, yeah that's real okay number six 
and maybe this kind of ties into the hypercritical aspect mm-hmm. it probably does um feel like i'm very hard on myself Ooh, yeah you're talking to the right person for that one <laughs> hey how's it going <laughs> any any like tiny little error that i make um i'm just like well that's it yeah this is how everybody sees me now as like a dum-dum or like a bully yeah like, i don't want to be either <laughs> That's the thing about, like, the overthinking. It really causes you to just... It it makes it hard for you to be nice to yourself. So much. Imagine if we were able to overthink just nice things about ourselves. That would actually probably be bad. (laughs) I was about to say, like, we would probably be monsters. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's a thing, and it's called narcissism. (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, but, like... A little dose of that every now and then, I would not say no to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Give the ego a little boost. Yeah. And like believe it too <laughs> and not feel mm-hmm. like someone is lying to you <laughs> about yeah. a nice a nice thing that they like think about you. Um, mm-hmm. And it's just like, well, I'm glad you see that, but like you're probably just being nice. Like you probably just feel bad for me, right? Like I don't deserve yeah. that. Very yeah. healthy. Yeah, always like you are you are lying to me or like I feel bad when I think this one, but when I think like I don't think you know what you're talking about. Mhm. Mhm. Mm-hmm. That one feels a little bit bad to admit, but I do think that sometimes. I, I do go there sometimes. My brain goes there. Yeah. Like someone is so like confident about like a certain thing about you that is so nice and so wonderful and you're just like you have no fucking idea. You have no <laughs> fucking idea what you're talking about shut the fuck up (laughs) whoa whoa (laughs) sorry sorry i totally uh i lost myself for a minute there (laughs) i i hope that we both like log off after this and we're like okay we need to practice being nice to ourselves god i really hope so too (laughs) number seven um i hate how much i talk about my current job with um with my friends and loved ones they're sick of hearing about it and i'm (laughs) sick of talking about it you gotta get it out sometimes i i do this thing where like one of my really good friends um we were co-workers first and so we still work together but we also like hang out all all the time but Mm -hmm. if i hang out with her and then like another person it often goes to us just like bitching at each other about like what we've been dealing with And I'm always like, I can't believe I'm talking about work right now. Even when I'm at work talking to her, I'm like, okay, sorry to talk about work right now at work. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Number eight. Um, I hate how I always have to fuss around with my bangs. Uh, I, Mm -hmm. you see me doing it now. Like I got to trim them. My hair looks crazy right now. My hair is a big part of my identity. I feel like, and it's. I'm, it's annoying the shit out of me right now. <laughs> I feel like that was a very British way to say that. I I that with my don't make fun of my accent. Anybody out there, don't make fun of it. Um. Yeah. No. I like a hair. It grows back, so like it's not the worst thing if you get a bad cut or your bangs are too short and you get the turf bangs for a bit. 
but um yeah i mean like it's objectively not the worst thing but also sometimes it does really feel bad to have like a bad haircut and be like i'm not looking like this on purpose yeah (laughs) i don't like this i promise yeah and i'm i'm so bad at like properly styling my hair and doing shit like i air dry like i'll brush it but like i'm so bad at like actually standing with like a hair dryer and like the special hair brushes and making making yeah, shapes i don't understand how people do it it hurts my arms that's a workout yeah and i don't have time for that i mean i, I probably do honestly i would have had time today to do it but i just <laughs> didn't yeah maybe i'll do it later no it's dry now fuck never mind. <laughs> <laughs> just standing there just blowing your hair with the hair dryer just to just to feel the warmth <laughs> why is my head so hot <laughs> All right. Number nine. I hate that I can get like two into a bit. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I figured I figured you might resonate with that a little bit as a as a comedian. Yeah, I can get two into a bit sometimes to a point where it's like a little detrimental to the situation. Yeah. <laughs> and then I just feel bad for like the rest of my life. Um, so again with the overthinking. And I'm just annoying everybody and making everybody mad. Yeah, that's another really bad feeling when it's like you're doing a bit and like people are into it. But then you reach a point where you're like, you're still going and everybody else is like, we've moved on. Yeah. Oh, (laughs) all the time. Or like you say the one thing and it doesn't quite hit. Then you have to like explain it. And it's just like everybody's favorite thing when you have to explain a joke. (laughs) That's when you know it's working. (laughs) (laughs) Look. I may not be a comedian, but I am controversial, and I will tell you about every thought I have. Um, see, even that, I was like, that's too far. That's Lily. That's not like, we're moving past that. Why do you have to use humor to like mask things? I don't know. I'm overthinking it, Sam. Would you say that's something that you hate about yourself, actually, that you use humor to mask things, to mask your your feelings? If you had spoken to me like six, seven years ago, maybe over a decade ago, I would have said, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. When I started Long Neck, like it was a way for me to like talk about how I was feeling when I couldn't like actually use my words to like tell my friends about it. Um, mm-hmm. Because if I had used my words, I would have either had a complete breakdown or I would have joked about it and nothing would have ever like come out of it. I wouldn't have been able to like get help that I needed Mm -hmm. so I think I've gotten a little better at being honest and not using humor as as a suit of armor because like I've been able to be like sincere and genuine like through like songs that I'm writing and then like have those feelings on paper so I know that like they're real and that I'm not like crazy for feeling a certain way or thinking Mm -hmm. a certain way but uh, I do love a bit. Don't get me wrong. I love a bit. <laughs> I love when you can find the balance and you're like, you know, sometimes I turn to humor, but I think it's a healthy coping mechanism and not uh, one that I need to look into. <laughs> yeah. I think I've definitely made progress on on that front. Yeah. All right. Well, then that leaves us with big number 10. Big honking number 10, as I like to say. <laughs> the use of the word honking there. <laughs> 
It's one of my favorite words. Honestly, I respect the hell out of it. <laughs> I love it. Uh, yeah, I guess uh, another thing that I kind of hate about myself, I tend to like hyper fixate on, on things, whether it's like a social scenario where I'm like sitting and stewing and like thinking about something um, or it's like the latest like piece of media that I am consuming. Um, yeah. 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 Like right now, uh, my whole deal is I watch Columbo and I, I saw that you've been even watching that. Yeah. You know, looking back, it seems like I've been making a point to let people know that I watch Columbo, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I swear it's not intentional. I just, I just love the man. I, I, I bought a Columbo shirt that's coming on Monday and I'm really excited about it. Oh my God. I can't <laughs> wait to see it. It's here's the thing. Peter Falk is hot um and Columbo is a sweet little man yeah could get it could get it um so big fan but uh when it wasn't Columbo it was oh there was a a period of time when I was incredibly depressed and could only watch Once Upon a Time um (laughs) and that's what I obsessed over Sometimes if like a friend doesn't text me back right away, I'll hyper fixate on that and just being like, and again, this all goes into like the overthinking. Like, I feel like we are kindred spirits because I am also a classic overthinker and I also hyper fixate in the very specific way that you do. Like Mm -hmm. I'll like latch on to a comfort show. One thing that I do that like drives a lot of people crazy is I really like to listen to the same song over and over. This was like a, a while ago. This was maybe I was nineteen or twenty, um, but I was really into the song "It's Real" by Real Estate. Um, I listen to that every day on repeat, at least at the minimum ten times, because um, mm-hmm. <laughs> I had like just come back from from visiting a, a, a boy in LA. Um, and was like, mm. oh, I told him how I feel. So it's real now. Um, <laughs> and who yeah. among us has not told a boy in L.A. how we feel? Honestly, if you haven't, good. <laughs> it's not worth it. Let's not unpack that. Um, yeah. Wait, Sam, you're a cancer, right? I sure am. Are you? Yep. I'm a double cancer. When is your birthday? June 27th. I'm June 25th. Oh my god. Okay, we need well, to text shit. each other on June 26th, our halfway point. Yes, we do. Halfway point. Oh <laughs> it's a Monday. my goodness. Wow, I'm excited for the both of us. Two cancers. Overthinking. Secret secret voice? How old are you turning? Okay. Turning How old are you turning? Me too! Ah! Yo! <laughs> wow. Oh my god, this is so special. I, I'm a little bit nervous about turning just because I like that's hard for me to identify with, you know. Yeah, I'm I'm really excited to turn. Honestly, um, I'm ready to be done with my twenties, and I also feel like I have somebody with so much nervous energy, <laughs> like nervous, like yeah. skittish energy that like people yeah. think I'm younger than I am, and I'm like, me too. I, I feel like that's a detriment. Yeah, so it's like no, I'm I'm a third. I'm a grown up. I pay taxes. <laughs> like. <laughs> yeah please see me please see me as an adult and not a and not a big big child yeah I I really hope that I can get there too I really like hearing that somebody else is in the same boat as me (laughs) I'm excited it gives me hope and it makes me it has made me think more critically about what I want to do and what I want my future to look like which I think is you know 
Yeah. It's a lot to think about and it's scary, but it's very important. It's important and it can be exciting too because yeah. I feel like it's it can almost be fun to think about like what you want to do moving forward and like where you want to go and where you want to be. Um and like the person you want to be like as much the, like as as much work as that's going to take like it can be something nice to think about. It's like, oh, the this I'm I'm gesturing to myself for the lister. <laughs> this doesn't have to be forever. Mm-hmm. And that can be kind of a nice feeling, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, that's something that I have been telling myself recently like you can change. You don't have to be in the same place forever. You don't have to keep doing the same things. You don't have to if you don't like it, you don't have to keep doing it. So Yeah. And that yeah. and that helps me. Yeah. You are the you are the driver of your own destiny honk honk vroom vroom and folks that's the bit (laughs) thank you for (laughs) tuning in to the bit Uh. (laughs) all right lily it is time for me to do a dramatic reading of your 10 things that you do not like about yourself are you ready i'm terrified but let's go (laughs) number one I hate that I don't know how to pose in pictures. Love that we started light. (laughs) Number two. I hate that I'm hypercritical when writing songs. Number three. I hate that I don't know how to take compliments. Number four. I hate that I'm an overthinker. Number five. I hate that I can be too cynical. Number six. I hate that I'm very hard on myself. Number seven, I hate how much I talk about my current job. Number eight, I hate that I my <laughs> I had to do a second try. I don't know if it was better or not. <laughs> it was it was a try. <laughs> Thank uh, you. I say that I say that like I can do any better and I can't. So. <laughs> it was a try. Uh, all right, number nine. I hate that I go too far with bits. And number 10, I hate that I hyperfixate on things. Lily, how do you feel after hearing all of those things that you don't like about yourself all in a row? You know, it has put a lot of things in perspective, I will say. Um, I'm definitely not the worst person that's ever existed, which is a relief. <laughs> Can confirm. Can confirm. <laughs> that's that's really that's really nice to hear um, and to know, but uh, yeah, humbling. I'd say it's humbling. <laughs> you know, and you know, sometimes being humbled can be healthy, right? <laughs> I mean, I'm all for it. Hum- I almost said, "Humble me, Daddy." Don't do. So. <laughs> Sorry, everyone. We don't have to do that. <laughs> no, no. Just stay humble. Don't make it weird. Stay humble. Don't make it weird. Uh. <laughs> Folks. all right lily this brings us into our final segment so what do you want me to do about that um and in this segment you assign me and our listeners homework for the upcoming week which can be any task that you think could help us feel good and hate ourselves a little bit less um first we'll talk about how last week's homework went our previous guest Liam Paris um, 
said that I I wrote down make soup. <laughs> I think he said you should cook something, and then I said I'm gonna make soup. <laughs> uh, I did not make soup because I had shingles, which you know soup probably would have been good for me. But yeah, you know I still think I'm gonna make a soup real soon. Soup is on the horizon for me. What kind of soup? The people want to know. There is this classic vegetable soup that um, my friend Jackie gave me the recipe for like five years ago, and it's still my go-to. And I always text her whenever I make it saying, I'm making your soup. <laughs> and um, and then there's also this like sausage kale potato soup that I've been Ooh, thinking about. That sounds nice. like That sounds like the one. Sounds really good. Yeah. All right, Lily, what do you want me to do this coming week? Sam, I would love for you to go bird watching. Um, <gasps> yeah, so you don't need binoculars. I would say go to like a green area, like a park or like some trails or something. Download like a, a little birding app. I recommend Merlin because you can do sound recognition too. And just like go and walk around in a park or one of these wooded areas and look for some birds and listen for some birds and even if you just see like starlings and pigeons like take a minute to like slow down and like watch what they do that is amazing it's very grounding my friend Jackie who I was just talking about I think of her anytime I hear a bird singing and I and I texted her yesterday because there was a beautiful there was a bird singing a beautiful song outside of my window. I wish I could have remembered how it went, but I really was like, wow, that's gorgeous. <laughs> Me in my room by myself being like, wow, that's gorgeous, gorgeous bird. Real Disney princess moment. <laughs> All right, Lily. It has been a delight having you on the podcast. Thank you so much for coming on. Um, is there anything you want to, uh, plug before you go and where can we follow you on social? You can follow Longneck on Twitter and Instagram. Um, my screen name for both is at Longneck Lass. We're also on Facebook. So, you know, if you want, we're there too. We don't do much, but what's up? Um, our music <laughs> is on, uh, Bandcamp and, uh, Spotify um, so check us out there uh, I'm playing some shows um, this summer on June 10th 11th and 12th in Boston in Patterson New Jersey and in oh fuck what was the other one in Brooklyn um, with American Poetry Club and Trust Fund so that'll be a lot of fun um, oh I released an album last year called Soft Animal that I'm wow. really proud of. So <laughs> if you can pick up a tape from Plastic Miracles, um, or if you live in the UK, you can pick one up from Specialist Subject. Um, I do have a podcast called The Gospel Blue. <laughs> it is a wretched thing. Um, <laughs> Sam was happy enough. Happy enough? I don't want to put words in your mouth. Sam was <laughs> gracious enough. <laughs> To be uh, an, to be a guest uh, with Heather from Thur uh, when we were talking about Thumbelina, whose only problem is that she's small. <laughs> um, that was that was the sort of thing where like I 
was overthinking about it afterwards where I was like, did I did I trash Thumbelina too much on Lily's podcast where she loves Don Bluth? <laughs> Here's the thing. I realized by the end of it, I don't love Don Bluth. He's a, he, he's a nightmare. And <laughs> many of his films are nightmares. So if you want to listen to that journey, especially a journey that began during the lockdown of 2020, then... Yeah, lockdown podcasts are really their own genre at this point. They really are. They deserve to be studied. (laughs) Yeah, there needs to be like, um, oh gosh, anthropology papers and studies (laughs) on lockdown podcasts. But uh, yeah, listen to the gospel bluth. It's the worst thing I've ever done, but... (laughs) I hope you enjoy it. (laughs) Beautiful. Lily, thank you so much for being on the podcast with me today. Thank you so much for having me. I had a lot of fun and I will be overthinking everything I said after we (laughs) hang up. As is our way. (laughs) All right. Bye, everybody. Bye. (laughs) Thank you for listening to another episode of 10 Things I Hate About Me. Follow the podcast at 10 Things I Hate About Me Pod. Let me know what you hate about yourself. Okay, love you. Bye.